You're listening to the Ambition Incubator podcast, and I'm your host, Deirdre Morrison. I'll be sharing some bite-sized brain science, thought-provoking questions, and mind-bending ideas about how our brains work, change, learn, and adapt, and how we can use the knowledge emerging from the field of neuroscience to open up new possibilities and make the progress we want in all areas of our lives. You know, I had no idea what awesome people I was going to meet when I started this podcast, nor did I have any idea that they would give so generously of their time and wisdom when it came to being guests. I really have been very, very lucky this year. So what I want to do now is express that gratitude and also have a little fun. I've decided to create a very impromptu award to celebrate and acknowledge my guests so far, and I'd really appreciate your help with this. I would absolutely love for you to give them some kudos by telling me which episode resonated with you most. To help remind you of some of the best bits, I've gone through each guest episode and picked one jewel of a snippet to represent the episode. And I can tell you that was hard because there were so many, an embarrassment of riches, so to speak. But here they are, snippets that can't possibly sum up some of the most interesting conversations I've had in a while, or the grace, wit and wisdom of my guests. But they might remind you or prompt you to explore a little further. To let them know that you appreciate them, just head on over to ambitionincubator.com forward slash guests and click on your favourite. The link is in the notes if you didn't catch that. Anyone who is kind enough to take the time to vote will also be entered into a prize draw and I'll send someone a little surprise in the post. Don't worry, voting will not add you to a mailing list. It's literally just to get in touch about the draw. The snippets are in no particular order, by the way, which will come as no surprise to those who know me best. First up is Robert Cavalier. Now, if you're the kind of person who'd change the world if only you had the energy, then the conversation I had with Robert Cavalier might be just what you need. Robert and I have shared a journey over the last few years and we've got to know each other pretty well. He's one of those people who is genuinely driven to help others and it was never an option not to ask him to come and do a guest slot on the podcast. Robert's field of expertise is nutrition and funnily enough, in the course of my own studies, I've tried to push on why more people aren't talking about this in relation to our thinking, because in many ways, we are what we eat, right? So here's a little takeout. You see what I did there from Robert's episode, which is episode number five. It's almost a hidden struggle. You feel like you're hitting a wall, but you're not sure why. You keep trying all these different things. And until you finally try something with nutrition, which we're not taught that, we're not encouraged to eat in a way to think more clearly or to find resolve, right? Mm-hmm. So like how you started our our conversation, it's thinking about the food that you're eating to help you get the result that you really want. Next up is the incredibly accomplished Jessica Teachin. I have so much respect for Jessica's professional experience. And when she agreed to find time to come on the show, I seized the opportunity to try something brand new with her. Jessica was the first of my guests to share a letter to her younger business self. Looking back over her career, Jessica helped us to understand how her journey has not just shaped her current position, but why, despite the frustrations she faced along the way, she wouldn't change it. And although Jessica's talking specifically about working with leadership in this clip, if you're in the entrepreneur space, then exactly the same things apply. As a young, younger version of myself, that was a challenge I faced almost constantly. So leadership, I, I knew where we needed to be so much faster than we could actually get there. And the fr- mm-hmm. I would 
constantly be frustrated with the progress we were making and feeling as though it was my responsibility or I wasn't doing it good enough because I wasn't making as as fast a progress. And what I realized looking back is that that no matter how hard I worked, no matter how many hours I put in, no matter how good of a plan or program I had, if the leadership wasn't ready for it, if they weren't ready to implement it, hold people accountable to it, make it a reality in the organization, then it couldn't happen yet. And ultimately, all those things did happen but they couldn't happen as quickly as I would have liked. And it wasn't necessarily anything I was doing. It was the environment in which I was doing it. I've seen so many people make the very costly mistake of choosing the wrong person to help or guide them on their development journey. So when I had the chance in episode 31 to talk to Robert Riopel, himself an experienced mentor, I just had to ask him to share his views on why these relationships don't always work out for us, why we end up wasting time and money on the wrong ones, and what we should do to make sure that we are choosing the right one at the right time. This is definitely one to download if you're thinking of signing up with a coach or mentor or you're looking for your next one. And so one of the things that I do now for myself, because I've had great mentors and I've had great mentors that just don't align with me. And so one of my number one rules with being, you know, finding a mentor is I will only now mentor from people who are in alignment with my values with who I am as a person, who I want to be. Because I don't care how successful they can make me. If I have to try and be someone else or do something that I don't believe is, you know, ethical or I believe, Mm. like it makes me feel (laughs) icky. I don't know how else to explain it. Uh, I don't want to align with people like that. And so for me, because here's the role of of a, a mentor as well. As long as it's legal, ethical, and moral. When I sign on to be mentored by someone, it's because I want to achieve something more in my life that they've already accomplished. And mm. so if they say, Robert, get to the level I'm at, you need to do this. So mm. as long as it's legal, ethical, and moral, I'm going to jump in and do it. I'm not going to sit there and go, are you sure? I don't mm. know. Really? I'm going to do it. So that's why due diligence is so important. Uh, and that's probably the biggest shift from where I used to um, be at finding mentors where I am today. I will Mm -hmm. spend a good amount of time before making a decision or an investment and not just money. I'm not just talking about money investment. I'm talking about the investment of my time, my energy, who I am. I will do my due diligence to really get to know, does this person resonate with me? This next guest is a dedicated and passionate educator with a love of mathematics that she sees extending into the very core of her business endeavors. And not just when it comes to filing accounts or creating projections. While sharing her very personal journey with a subject that often leaves people feeling like failures, Kohila Sivas highlighted that the lessons in maths are not just about getting the answer right. This clip is just a tiny window into some of the insights that she shared in episode 29. So right nowadays, that steps are not being focused on and celebrated by teachers. They're just looking for this, you know, circle the multiple choice or the bubble sheets or whatever right and it it actually gives them this idea that i don't have to i don't think in steps we Mm. do think in steps our brains Mm. are wired to things and go from one step to another step it's a logical process but we're telling our kids just jump from this over here to the answer and that i think 
it's what's creating this false impression that we need to be so fast as to getting the answers, even as we grow up. Now, Beck Mitchell was one of those guests who both inspired and terrified people in equal measure. As a water faster who has spent up to 40 days living on just water, Beck challenges our notions not just of what we need, but also what we believe to be necessary and turns conventional wisdom on its head. In episode 26, we got into the nitty gritty of what water fasting does to the body and mind. And it's just fascinating. Here's a snippet to whet your appetite. Sorry, I can't help it. Well, like most things, I like to do hard stuff. I like to make sure that I'm pushing myself and finding out what else is possible. So I guess I could have just, you know, gone to a health spa and had a nice little relaxing week away and felt a little bit better. I, I, I really wanted to get to the nth of what was humanly possible for me. So what my body could do if I gave it its best chance, um, which was hard, I won't lie. It was certainly was not an easy experience. But I wanted to find out. I knew I could do whatever I put my mind to. So I thought, right, what's actually possible? What can you actually do if you mm. if you lose all the fear and just do it? Ari Galper is one of those guys that, you know, talking to him has a way of shifting your perspective. And sometimes it's the shift that we've been waiting for. So many people I've spoken to and worked with have the most amazing ideas, products and services, but they hate selling them to people. Enter Ari Galper, who specializes in helping people create a trust-based sales process. Here's a clip from episode 24. So for the last 20 years, I've been focusing on helping business owners and entrepreneurs not play the sales games everybody hates, meaning not chasing ghosts, not pursuing people, not having it rejected. All the things we hate about selling comes from the 1980s when we were taught to to persuade people, to convince people, to give, to do free consulting, free coaching, in the hope that they'll find us so valuable to just sign up with us. But of course, that doesn't work very well these days. So I invented a new approach where it's a mindset shift where the goal is not to focus on the sale, but to focus on deep trust with people, authenticity, where they feel that you care about them and you focus specifically on their issues, help them amplify the issues, to own the issues. They feel like they say to themselves, oh, she just gets me. She understands me. There's something about her that's just so different. If you can create that magic in your sales process, you can become so successful as long as you're open-minded to let go in the old way of selling. You know, money is one of the darndest things. It's the lifeblood of business. But for some, the struggle with it is it's reminiscent of a love-hate relationship. Letitia Johnson, who knows a thing or two about creating and developing healthy relationships with wealth, came to lay down the tough love in this episode. Entrepreneurship is all about, is a business, right? And a business is about the bottom line. So if you don't have an idea of how money works, if you don't have any idea of how to hit your financial targets, if you don't even understand, you know, anything from like a profit and loss statement or realize that you have some limiting beliefs, it's going to be extremely difficult going back to that slim to none chance of you really reaching your ideal client and then sustaining your business because you have a blockage. It's almost mm -hmm. like having a wall in front of you and you're running towards the wall, but you're looking to get to the other side. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's almost impossible. Those of you who've been with me in the Business Book Club will no doubt recognize the passage that Keely Raven selected to represent our co-reading of Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. 
Reading with Keeley was always an eye-opener for us both, as it was the first time I'd read this incredibly American book with an actual American. And this is what I love about the co-reading process. It's never the same book twice. When the opportunity came, it appeared in a different form and from a different direction than Barnes had expected. This is one of the tricks of opportunity. It has a sly habit of slipping in by the back door, and often it comes disguised in the form of misfortune or temporary defeat. Perhaps this is why so many fail to recognize opportunity. And I think it's very insightful and also true what we have to recognize is that there are plenty of opportunities all around us all the time, but we might not actually go forward in them because we don't know that that it's an opportunity or it's because it's something that seems wrong or makes us afraid or something makes us Mm -hmm. shrink from it. And then we miss it. But when instead, you know, I think also maybe more so, when um, something happens that, you know, we feel like is a failure or some kind of problem, defeat, instead of approaching the so-called problem with a solution mindset and think the sort of the problem is the solution, then um, we don't, we miss it because we think it's a problem and that we sort of get stuck there. Claire McKinnon posted a beautiful snapshot from her personal journey on LinkedIn, describing how she reconnected with joy at a low point in her life. And considering the number of people who spend their lives on the busy machine, letting joy slip away and then hit burnout, I thought this was an important one to share. And yeah, dancing kind of slipped out of my life. And um, yeah, I left uni, got a job, did all the things you're supposed to do, (laughs) kept getting promoted, got married, had children. And then it was when I was in a very difficult time in my life. Um, I'd recently separated from my husband and I would say I was, you know, yeah, close to rock bottom and in a job that was, that was very demanding. Not quite sure what it was, but I just had this kind of intuitive hit one day that I should go and try this salsa class, which I did with a friend from work. And it just really opened up something for me that I realized it had been missing from my life and it just gave me so much energy and I think actually helped me get through a lot of what I was dealing with at the time it really did help me be resilient. It's always a pleasure to speak to Alison Butters and this was no exception. In our chat we talked about the importance of getting in touch with emotion and how journaling can prove a very effective tool for doing this and how to get past any barriers we might have about getting started in the first place. Just when you've mentioned there, I think it's also good to to be honest and say there's no right or wrong. There are your, the, your, your, they are your emotions. So however they present and however, because sometimes you might have a visceral feeling because you know that something's going on, but you can't make that connection. But once you start to express that, names as you know emotions things might then start to just unfold so don't block it just be breathe into it and go with it and like you say be expressive if you've got a color palette to there to go with paint your own picture 
Um, you can be a Picasso or a Lowry. It doesn't matter anywhere <laughs> in between. It's your picture that you were painting and you've got ownership and you've got control over that as well. I remember speaking to Rob Cook as we recorded episode 22 and thinking, how did this guy get so wise so young? And as we talked, that just kept getting reinforced for me. Um, Rob works with finance, which is not a discipline that I really associate with a rounded and holistic view of life. But here was Rob to shake up my thinking. And for that, I'm very grateful. This clip is just one of many gems that Rob shared with us. So if you're looking for purpose, this might be the episode for you. Most people just latch onto the first version of success that they see or that comes to mind. And that's fine. That can be a great starting place. But at the end of the day, for success to be sustaining, it needs to be purposeful. Um, and this is something that I, I talk about quite a bit. For those that are trying to figure that out, there are a host of different things. But in the most general sense, what you need is you need clarity on who you are. You need clarity on your purpose, whatever that might be. And you need clarity on your unique skill set or talents, abilities, however you want to describe it. And with those pieces, you can then determine what is the best path for you. Mm. I recommend a host of different things to different people, whether they be, you know, legacy letters or value uh, tests or go take some personality exams or just take a poll of, of people who are close to you and who you who love and care about you or whatever it might be. But you have to get clarity on who you are, what is important to you, what are your unique skills, and what do you feel like is a, an ultimate purpose for your life? Because if you can align all those things in one particular area, you'll find a version of success that is meaningful to you. I spoke to my next guest a week before her 11th birthday, and it was one of the most enlightening and laughter-filled episodes of the year. This young lady, and remember she was 10 years old at the time of recording, has already been working on her business for three years. And although this episode will forever be associated with the laughter that only the honesty of a kid can provoke, Juliana has some exceedingly good advice, including some for those who feel camera shy. But here's a flavour of what she has to say to other aspiring young entrepreneurs. I would say, because for me, sometimes when I am either reading a book about inspiring people in history and all these things, I just feel so small. I feel like, oh man, I wish I could do this stuff and all these things. And in a way, that's also what one made me want to do this business because I was kind of just like, why am I always sitting around being like, I wish I could be like Thomas Edison or, or whatever. But I would say to them, I know sometimes you're, you feel like you're just a kid and you can't really do anything. But if you tr if you try and you speak and you use your voice, you can do so many amazing things that there's, there's really nothing that can hold you back. Francesca Biondi, originally from Italy, has been part of the creative scene in Northern Ireland for many years. And she specialised in helping creative organisations with their business development. Then her own passions took hold and she launched Gallery 545. In this conversation, we discuss why it's sometimes easier to use some of your skills on behalf of others rather than in your own ventures. 
Yes, I think it, it's easier anyway just for an outsider, for someone uh, who's not so uh, absorbed yes. in what you do to see all the positives and negatives of what you're doing, what's already there and what's missing. And then, as you said, you were too busy just, you know, doing. And that's, um, the, you said there were so many things going on. And I was the same for me. I was too busy doing instead of writing. I was thinking, yes, of course I was, but doing, 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 that was my main focus. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, also... I felt, had felt before the business plans were something for me to do to show to others uh-huh. instead of just thinking, oh, that's what I need. And then that's the same element. You do this for others just to show them what they need because you have the knowledge. I spoke to psychotherapist Carrie Leaf just before the publication of her book. And it was a great reminder that we need to really address some basics if we want to have a happy, healthy life. We know we need balance, and that's not just about how many hours we clock at home and at work. We also need to make sure that our bodies, minds and relationships are all healthy in order to have a fulfilling and happy life. People just want to go, 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 whether it's, you know, their society telling them that or they've got something to prove to themselves or, you know, maybe unconsciously to a family member. I've got to do this for whatever reason. Well, I think it's important to examine those reasons. What are these Mm -hmm. reasons that you're pushing? And those aren't always readily available to us. Like we're not always consciously aware, self-aware of like, I'm doing this because of X, Y, and Z. And, you know, that's where I'll step in and, and say, pause, let's figure out the thought process and the belief systems behind how you're treating yourself and how you're living your life and why I'm all about you know, find your passion, find your drive, your, what, what means, you know, success means to you. What are your goals? Go for it. Dream big. But why are you doing it? What does it mean to you? Are you doing mm-hmm. it for you? Are you doing it for somebody else? What happens when you get there? Let's explore that. What can I say about this next guest? A talented actress turned coach who dedicates her efforts to helping people find their place in the spotlight sometimes quite literally. Vicky's extensive career on stage and screen informs not only her technical know-how, but also her very grounded understanding of the fear that public speaking can induce. I look at resilience a bit like the layers of an onion. You kind of build up resilience by Mm. doing things that scare you and doing things that get you out of your comfort zone. And yes, we all have this perception that everybody else is doing it better, faster and more comfortably than, than we are. Mm-hmm. It's simply not true. And it's the same with actors who are a huge success. It, it may seem that they're an overnight success, but actually they've probably taken a good, you know, 10, 15 years to get to where they are, where they are recognized in public or they're getting the accolades or whatever it is. So, so yes, I think that for sure, be inspired by people who can do things brilliantly that you want to do, but make sure you are feeling inspired. If you're feeling if it makes you feel inferior, if, if you're starting to compare yourself, then it becomes obviously counterproductive um, and that can kind of paralyze you and stop you from moving forward. But take inspiration from the people that, that do it well and mm-hmm. take a look at what they're doing. Sneaking in on the very last date that's covered in this roundup is the legend that is Rob Fitzpatrick. Recording this episode with Rob was definitely a great way to round out the year. It's like a distillation of 15 years experience and some best-selling books all packed in here. 
And honestly, it's a whirlwind ride. There's a whole lot going on in this episode. Here's how it started off with Rob's letter to his younger business self. Hey, hey, you are going to love entrepreneurship. It is maximum creativity with minimum BS, but there are a couple traps to watch out for. First, think of it as a long-term career path, not a single company. If an idea isn't working, it's just a bump along the road. It's not the end of the journey. When you're playing the long game like this, you'll get smarter about risk and you'll end up getting further, faster, and with less stress. Secondly, an idea cannot be good or bad in a vacuum. It can only be good or bad for you right now. Don't get stuck into trying to optimize the spreadsheet game. Think about how you want to spend your days. Follow your curiosity, not the big numbers. The best trick I've learned is to pick customers you enjoy hanging out with. A lot of the time you spend in business involves talking, listening, understanding, and empathizing with your customers. If you don't like hanging out with them, if you don't respect them, enjoy them, you're going to have a really hard time doing all those activities. Lastly, you need to start writing, at least a little bit every day. Even if you're just journaling for yourself, it'll make you smarter, more focused, happier. So those are the contenders. And I would genuinely love for you to take a few seconds to show them your appreciation by going to ambitionincubator.com forward slash guests and click on the one that's resonated most with you. If it does ask you for an email address, remember, be assured I'm not putting you on an email list, but there will be a draw for a random participant. So I'll send someone a nice little surprise in the post. I hope you've been able to select a standout guest because, yeah, let's face it, they're all worthy of your vote. And if you think that somebody you know would benefit from hearing from one of these guests, please tag them and share with them. That's all I've got to say for today. I genuinely want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this. And I look forward to sharing some more great episodes with you towards the end of the year and into 2022. Hey, before you go, I want to take a moment to say thanks for tuning into this episode of the Ambition Incubator podcast and just check to make sure you know that you can join me each week for a deep dive, dynamic, collaborative reading of some business classics. You'll find all the information you need when you register for free at ambitionincubator.com forward slash BBC. I'll see you there.